0: I'm Bianca Vivion and this is Ask Viv. So I want to tell y'all the truth about something, and I want to apologize because I recorded this episode <laughs> and I edited this episode, bounced this episode, uploaded this episode. But right before I pressed upload, I re-listened and I realized that I had lied to y'all. And let me tell you why. This episode, episode 15, was supposed to be about promises. And it was a continuation of episode 14, in which I basically say, leave people behind, leave negative things behind, leave things that aren't serving you behind. And you know, I got a huge response from that. Y'all really got down with that. So I was on a roll and I was like, I want to talk about promises. And in it, you know, I'm talking about some real shit. I'm like, promises this, promises that. How so much of leaving people behind, you're left with the bitterness of all these broken promises. And so, you know, at this point I'm recording and I'm on my high horse and I'm thinking, that's good, broken promises. Cause that's true. I was thinking about the men who had let me down or the friends who had stabbed me in the back or, or the opportunities that never panned out. Or the interviews that never called back I'm talking about people who presented something good And then they take it from under you And I'm talking about all the disappointment That's left in the wake of leaving shit behind And yeah, all of that is true All of that was happening I wanted to talk about how this is caused when the seasons are changing and it's getting a little colder and we're feeling a little more isolated because you're just so damn self-righteous. You're thinking everybody has wronged me. Everybody has wronged me. And so, you know, at this point I've made a whole narrative arc of it. First, you get left behind and then you're left with all these promises and then you're working through these promises and then you're battling your own self-righteousness. And it was just such a perfect episode, just wrapped up honesty, truth. You know, I did my thing on it. But I listened back and I realized that I had lied to y'all. And let me tell you why. I said in this episode that i had these people in my life or i had these opportunities in my life and they promised these big things i would have a man who i just had so much faith in and i was just hoping that he would show up for me and that he would pay the bills and buy the house and take care of the kids and build us a future you know and he let me down but that's a lie or I had this crazy big job that I had put everything into, the perfect skill set for, and I had just placed all of my energy to it, and then it would falter and it wouldn't be enough. Or when the pay came around, they weren't talking real money. But that's a lie. Let me let you in on a little secret. I was standing there with all of these disappointments. And I was looking people in the face and saying, you let me down. And I would just walk away feeling so damn self-righteous, like I gave all the love I could give. Why did these people let me down? why did these people break their promises that they made to me but the truth is i didn't have that much faith in those people that was a lie i told myself first of all the men that i placed faith in that let me down they gave indication from pretty much week one that they were going to let me down they didn't show up on time when they showed up it was always day late dollar short they always had an excuse they couldn't really see me for my vision for the world they couldn't necessarily see my dreams or even believe in them we didn't share the same taste and culture Or art or books They weren't that smart, they weren't that good looking Weren't that fast, strong, rich The people that I was putting my faith into as friends, it's not like they were coming to my graduation. It's not like they remembered my birthday. It's not like they brought anything to the birthday party. They always stayed to drink the alcohol. They didn't have anything to say when my family was going through it. They didn't ever ask me how my mother was, what I was going through, did I have enough to eat? How was I getting along? The job that I swore I wanted, I would show up and they'd ask me to straighten my hair. And they weren't really talking real money ever. and never gave any indication that they were going to. They weren't quite getting what I was trying to do. I was just a little too black, or a little too leftist, or a little too avant-garde. The truth is that I lied to myself about these people, and I made it out to be like they had devastated me. I mean, truly ruined me from the ground up, but that's a lie. It was pretty predictable, the letdowns. And the funny thing is is that a lot of times, When people break promises, we see it coming from a mile away. And so I had to re-record this episode because I have to tell you the truth about something. And the truth is this. I was too afraid to confront that I had let myself down on the promises that I made to myself. The truth is I knew that I was looking for security in a man for him to build up the house and to pave the way and to make life comfortable and easy because I was tired and I was lazy because college had built up a sense of entitlement that told me that life should be easy from here on out And so I would just go out looking for any older, wealthier, more secure than me, had more of a shit together person that I thought could put two and two together for me so I didn't have to really go out and hustle the way I've always been taught to hustle. That's the truth number one. The truth number two is that I had friends that I knew they didn't show up or they always had an excuse or they didn't fully support me or they were secretly jealous or secretly fake, but I was afraid of being alone because I've always known that there's a certain level of greatness or a certain level of solitude required of anybody who's trying to do anything worthwhile, and I didn't want to confront that solitude because it was easier to go out and to chill with people who didn't give a fuck about me. That's the truth. Number three, I always knew from, as a very, very, very small child, the job that I was supposed to have, I was supposed to make it up, and I didn't want to confront that fact. I wanted to believe that there was a huge outlet that I could just show up at the perfect television station, the perfect bank, the perfect NGO, the perfect corporation, and they would just give me the perfect job title with the most adequate and accurate salary that I could stunt on, and I could be the best me under the banner of something else that somebody else built. And I knew that that was not the truth, but I didn't want to do the work of building something from scratch because I was too afraid that I couldn't do it, I was too afraid that nobody would believe in it, that I was too inadequate, that I was too young, that I wasn't smart enough and I didn't know where to start. And so I wanted to defer that to somebody else. I realized the truth of the matter is that it wasn't so much that I was so obsessed and devastated over these promises that people had made to me because the truth of the matter is that people have been letting me down since the 90s. (laughs) my father the church the world everybody was always letting me i grew up poor hand to mouth with a single mother who was going through crazy bouts of sickness when at times there was not enough so the truth is is that i was used to being let down and so all of that self-righteousness was a joke the reality of it was i didn't want to confront the promises i had broken to myself because that is the hardest thing to do you have to understand my birthday is next sunday I've been in this phase of my life for the last four weeks where I've just been kind of wallowing in this misery, accounting for all of the promises that had been broken to me and thinking about how bitter it made me and how resentful and how I've just been building this chip on my shoulder to wear around for years and years and years because look at how the world let me down and look at all the work I did for people. As if I believed in people that much to begin with, as if I didn't know that people were wretched or that people were inadequate or that people were young or people were silly or people were vain or people were users, as if that's just such new information to me, I pretended like it was because it made me feel better if I could put the blame on everyone else and point, point, point a finger and say, you let me down, when in reality I knew That if I was really keeping myself to account for the promises I made to myself, I was going to have to have a sit down conversation with myself in which it would not be so easy to be so self-righteous. When it would not be so easy to point the finger and say, guess what? You let me down. You disappointed me. This is not what I expected. This is not where we said we would be at. This is not what we said that we would do. This is not what we said we would be paid. This is not the life that we promised ourselves. If I had to have that conversation with myself, ooh, y'all don't hear me. (laughs) Having that conversation with myself was a lot harder. And so I recorded this episode and I made it seem like it was a very easy conversation that you could just have a chip on your shoulder to the promises and people that let you down and you could kind of use that chip on your shoulder to move through the world with more a little bit more ego, a little bit more vanity and maybe that would protect you. Maybe that would protect you from yourself. Maybe that would protect you from the hardship of heartbreak. Maybe that would give you something to do with all of the feelings that are left behind when you're done leaving people and shit behind. That's what I wanted to say. But that's not the truth. <laughs> The truth is that in the last week I have been fasting and I mean really I had been I water fasted for 48 hours meaning that I only drank water for 48 hours I looked at my body and my willpower in a completely different way I have begun to build a business from scratch that now has boomed beyond my wildest imagination after finally declining the last job offer that I had for the summer seven weeks ago saying you know what there's no way I can take this job I'm really gonna try to do this and now I'm better off than I have imagined in my entire life the truth is is that I was let down for real for real I've graduated from a lot of things like I said in episode 12 left behind a lot of things like I said in episode 14 but the truth is really is that it was nothing compared to the chance I took on myself when I decided to keep the promises that I made to the girl I was years ago I'm talking the promises I made to 18 year old me The promises that I would care for my body and not keep around niggas that I did not love or fake friends, that I would never step back into a nine to five job ever again, that I would tell the world what I had to say and that I would speak clearly and strongly and loudly and I would mean what I said and I would demand to not only be paid for it, but I would be demanding to be understood. Those are promises that after all this time, I'm finally holding myself to account. And so this is just me telling you that no, it is not an easy conversation. It is not some one-two-step, for real. This is, this is a tango of a conversation, y'all. But if you have that conversation and you take yourself off of your high horse for just 10 seconds to stop looking at all the ways that the world fucking wronged you and really, really remember the promises that you made to yourself that you faltered on or forgot about or left to the wayside, All of those dreams deferred that you swore could wait another minute or didn't matter too much. The promises you made to your mental health, to your body, to your career goals, to your romantic endeavors, all of those promises, your dream person that you wanted to be, it is worth revisiting those things. That's what I'm telling you. If it means that you have to cry it out, if it means that you just have to admit to yourself, I am disappointed in the person that you've become, do it. Because if you were where I was right now, finally on the other side of years of bullshit, of faltering on my own promises, then you would know that once you were on the other side of that, that is a dream, y'all. I mean, I really can't even explain to you what I've done, what I'm doing, where I'm at, what I'm making. I couldn't even explain to you if I wanted to. You wouldn't even believe the situation I've been in in the last few weeks. All I could say is I am living a dream and that I want that for each and every one of you i truly do and that's my thoughts for the week and now let's get on to these questions because i know that's your favorite part dear viv as a young 20 something year old black girl i feel an impending sense of doom there are things i thought i'd do by now but i haven't this upsets me because I thought I could be somebody by the time I'm 30. It looks as if I won't get there. It feels as if I'm heading in every direction except up. How do I take hold of my future and steer it in the right direction? I mean, I know that I've said this so many times, but the way that y'all describe yourselves to me, I mean, do you really for real hear yourselves? Like, you are somebody, first of all. You thought you could be somebody by the time you're 30. What does being somebody look like? I mean, Whoever people think I am, I've thought I was this person since I had any kind of thought. I always, I mean, maybe it was how I was reared by my mother, maybe it was just by the grace of God but I've always felt that I was somebody so you have to just start from the idea that you are somebody and I think honestly what gets me so riled up about questions like these is that they're so informed by the fucked up society that we live in in which what makes somebody a somebody is just such crazy markers and measures and meditations that have absolutely nothing to do with being a good or kind or really truly important person. To the people around you, measure for yourself what does being a somebody look like? Is it money? You can go out and get money. Money ain't that hard to get at the end of the day, trust me. If you want it, it'll get gotten. Is it men? You want to change your appearance to be more attractive for romance? What is your measure of being a somebody? Is it not enough to just be a daughter, a friend, a sister, a lover? Is it not just enough that people love you that you just feel like you're a nobody? But like I said, it's not your fault because we're also living in a society as young black people in which we're judged against a timeline of white maturation and when i say that i mean white maturity under white supremacy and capitalism maturing as a white person means graduating high school at 18 graduating college by 22 getting your first job by 23 getting into a high position at that job by 28 Getting married by 29, marrying your girl by t- by 30, buying your first house by 34, saving up enough money to buy your second house by 40, raising all these kids, starting your own business, having a retirement fund by 60, and just living off of wealth that you stole for pretty much the rest of the next 30 years of your life under health insurance that you can afford. That's a reality that's pretty much reserved for white people. So why are you measuring your growth as a young black person against that timeline? If it takes until you're 27 to graduate college, who gives a damn? If it takes you till 32 to get your first real stable job and to start saving, fix your credit, fuck it. That's what it takes. You have to understand that you're up against so much more and that all of these sort of indications of success that you see from the internet, they're all facades. And they're all from people who are either hustling way, way, way harder than everybody else or stealing from generational wealth or scamming or just lying. There's a lot of lying that goes on, too. So create your own measure of what it means to be somebody. And then, like I said, keep that promise to yourself. People ask me what I want to be when I grow up and I think that people are expecting me to say some kind of corporate lawyer or president or TV mogul. And I always say the same thing, I always say I'd like to be the people's champ because in that it means that my success can only be measured in the changes in the people that I've spoken to, but that's my personal measure of success because it's something that can't be bought, it's something that can't be stolen, it's something that can't be given or appointed to me. It's something that takes work and there is dignity to be found in work. So if you find the thing that you want to do, really, really think about what you want to do with your life If you begin to work like that and and start really chipping away at that dream, you will never feel like a nobody. I don't care if you're at the first step of it. I don't care if you're in the middle. I don't care if you're damn near retired. You will never, ever, ever feel like a nobody if you found what you want to do in this world. There is no feeling like having purpose and having a real destiny. You have to build something inside of you that nobody, not a man, not a wife, not a kid, not a boss nobody could take away from you find that thing you know your natural inclinations talents and gifts you know what you're good at so find what you want to do with that person that you've always been you've always been somebody so what are you going to do with her that's the real question you've always been somebody so what are you going to do with her i'm asking you Dear Viv, how do I take myself out of my comfort zone, which has kept me stagnant and secluded for all my teenage years? I'll be turning 20 in eight months, and I don't want my life trajectory to follow the one I'm on currently. I want to change my body, form closer relationships, and want to find means to support myself financially. But every attempt at change has always fallen short, and I've reverted back to old habits of comfort and proceeded to stay there. You know what I think to myself? As I come upon another birthday, I was looking at myself on my iPhoto. I got a new computer a few months ago and I was looking through my iPhoto from back to 2013. All I could think to myself when I looked at all of these photos of myself was, I wish that you had taken less photos of yourself. I was in these photos at 18, 19, 17 years old and I was just contorting my face. I was, you know, cause I have big cheeks so I was trying to, you know, kissing my lips to make my cheekbones more defined or my lips more sultry. And I look at myself and now I look back and all I look was young. And I just wouldn't even for 10 seconds allow myself to be young because all I could think of is you need to become the person that you are. You need to change your body. You need to form close relationships and and, and you need to hustle to support yourself financially. I was exactly where you are. And I wouldn't even let myself breathe because everything around me gave me the indication that I just needed to hurry up and become who I am. And not only because I am literally just now, 10 minutes ago, actually becoming who I am, but also just because it was such a precious time in my life that I think if I had slowed down and looked around me and just gave myself more time, To just be young and new in the world and i know this is not satisfying to hear it's not i would have been a lot happier i couldn't even understand that the safety and comfort that i felt for three seconds as someone who had just entered college or somebody who was just entering the world but was protected in a sense from it that i was lucky in that way because there will come a time when the world is going to drag you out of that comforting place that stagnant place that complacent place and you are going to have a hard ass time. Like, let me go ahead and forewarn you. You're about to enter your 20s, and you know what's on the other side of your 20s? A hard ass time. And then on your 30s, you know what's in your 30s? A hard ass time. B19, it is the most cliche and unsatisfying answer you could ever, ever, ever get. B19, hang out with your friends, Think about what high school was like. Daydream a little about who you want to be in the future, but not too much. Just be 19. Be 19. Because the world's gonna rush you. 19, I wish I would've just calmed my fast ass down. I would've been a little less impressive. I hope I was, I wish I was a little less beautiful. I wish I took a little less time on my hair, a little less time on my makeup, that I didn't give a damn what people said or thought of me. Because now I have to change my body. I'm out in in the public world. Now I have to form close relationships because I'm always questioning who I can trust. Now I have to find a means to support myself because my bills are due on the 1st and 15th. Life will take you there without you ever having to rush yourself into it. So slow down. This is a message that nobody else is going to even love you enough to tell you. Just slow down. Just take a little bit of time to be young. You are young. I wish somebody would have told me like, 19 is young as hell. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. All I did was worry for the future. I regret that. I, I regret that. Dear Viv, How did you make friends in NYC? I feel like I'm constantly doing things by myself. Going to concerts, going to eat, the movies. I'm okay with it, but some type of companionship would be nice. Ugh, I could tell you how to lose friends in New York. (laughs) Nah, Nah, let me not be cynical. Let me tell you something, making friends in New York is no different than making friends in Nebraska. It's all just this big facade of the whole social scene that causes a lot of anxiety because every single time you walk in a room, it's like an Instagram who's who. And so everybody's afraid to talk to everybody because everybody already assumes that they know people from the internet, they've already judged you by your online persona, they don't really want to take the time to get to know you. It's a lot of those politics sort of floating around any NYC party. And so you just have to be above it. You just have to rise above that bullshit. And I think that making friends as an adult is hard in general because you make less and less friends off of social proximity. Meaning you can't just make a friend because you're both in a class together or because you both share a dorm. You have to make friends out of a real willingness to commit. And I've actually made a lot of good new adult friends this summer that I've met and it's because I've been so relentless about committing to hanging out with them. And I'll immediately follow them on Instagram, I'll immediately hit hit them up the next day and be like, hey it was so nice to meet you, let's go out for coffee. When I go out, I ask them everything about them. You know, I really try to form real connections and the best advice I can give about making any friends as an adult is honestly, it takes as much effort as romance. It's pretty wild because we know what to do when we're romantically involved. When we're romantically involved, you get the person's number and you like all their photos on the internet and you find out everything about them without them having to tell you so that when you finally see them again, you can bring up things of interest. And then you pay attention to those things of interest. You compliment them on the way that they look. You have a certain body language. You show that you're committed to getting to know them. And then you show that commitment through text and by calling and then you do it again in person until you build some semblance of a relationship. Well, guess what? Other than all the touchy-feely bullshit and the mind games, friendship is exactly the same. You gotta give time, effort, commitment, acknowledgement, compliments. You gotta do all that and all in between you find people to hang out with because you're like, hey, do you want to see this movie? Hey, do you want to go to this museum thing? Do you want to go to this gallery? And you always find new people to hang out with. And, and you know, some things work. Sometimes you're going to be, especially in New York, you're going to be outright rejected. I've been, believe it or not, the most interesting person alive. Yep, I've been rejected in friendship a lot. Like, pretty girls, like, the cool girls, they could want less to do with me. You know, I have less than 10,000 followers on any given social medium. So, it, it it's true. That's how it works, like, you you put in the effort if you really- and you have to sometimes put yourself out to be embarrassed. I've reached out to people and I've been outright rejected at parties, I've asked them what their sign was, you know, I've tried to make casual conversation, it was met with callousness, but it's the same in romance, like, you, you put yourself out there and w- the chips fall as they may. I've made my closest friends off of just taking that leap of faith of having a real-ass conversation and honestly, as cliche as it sounds, being myself- Dear Viv, since graduating college and moving to a new city for work, I've become disillusioned with my ability to take political action. On campus, being a student organizer came naturally, connected me to like-minded people, and made me feel impactful. Now I'm struggling to figure out how I can carry this forward into quote-unquote adulthood, especially living in a new community where I'm an outsider. Do you have any thoughts on ways to better align your political beliefs and day-to-day actions? Let me tell you something, college campuses often provide this very fake microcosm of action and change in which you can just, you know, do a sit-in at the dining hall or you can chain yourself upside the dean's office. When you're in real communities that are going through real shit with people who are trying to live their day-to-day lives on top of surviving whatever oppression is coming through to them, It's very difficult to feel feel like your actions are actually changing anything because in reality change comes very slow and political action is rarely met with any good consequence. At best, it is completely ignored and at worst, it is outright suppressed by policing. And so what do you do? Get to know the people in your world. I would not want to do any kind of political activity in a community I didn't really know. For me with Harlem, it was always about the kids. I love, love, love the children. I spend a lot of time. I mean, literally today I was at a middle school. I spend a lot of time around the kids in my community because kids always speak best to what is going on in a community. If kids are being evicted from their homes, you know it. If kids are being bullied, if kids are being, you know, inadequately fed, if there's a hunger crisis, if there's a housing crisis, if there's a violence crisis, you always know through the way that you interact with children in a community. And I know old people in my community. I know all the OGs on my block. I know all the OGs on my old block. I know exactly what's going on in the churches. I know my community through its people because to even want to change or transform a community without knowing its people is voyeurism and its gentrification. So you're going to have to first take a chance to get to know the people before you can make political action real, because once you know a community's people, it's never a question of how to start, it's just what comes first. Because if you're really talking to a community about their pressing issues, about the quality of water, or the limited amount of parking, or, you know voting redlining or whatever the case may be people know the community leaders and the children always know what's really going on in the hood and so if you just ask them it'll give you a place to start and typically they'll also point you in a direction of people who are already doing that work And obviously the best way to do community work is to join people who have much more power and have created a certain force that you can, you know, either create your own cause that's in solidarity with that or join their cause so that you're not always building from scratch. So for me, I always start with the kids. I spend so much time in the middle schools, in the high schools. I talk to young students about going to college. I talk to young girls about if they have birth control, if they're having sex who's talking to them at home if there's violence in the home everything that I do I do through the young people get to know the people then you get to know the problems then you work on the problems and then you become so entrenched and in love with that community that you feel like your home and their problems are your problems you feel me dear viv i'm in thirty thousand plus dollars worth of debt from school and have no interest in using my political science degree i feel as if i'm stuck in this very deep hole that i can't get out of is there hope after debt listen first of all let me tell you it's a crying shame it's a farce it's an embarrassment what this country puts its young people through as far as school debt it is i have no school debt I got a full ride to college. I, it is truly outrageous to me. Both of my siblings who have finished college are both in immense amounts of debt for degrees that I don't know what they're going to apply it to as far as their dreams. It is an outrage. That aside, there is hope after debt, but let me tell you something. You're going to have to hustle. And I know this may sound really crazy, but I'm going to say it. What you need, really hear me out, is a lot of money. You need a lot of money. So you need a job that's going to pay a lot of money. It doesn't have to be a political science job. I used to think like it's really, really hard to get a lot of money, but it's not. You get a job in tech. I mean, these people are getting paid ridiculously. I worked in tech, guys. I worked in financial tech. It was, I was getting paid so much money. I was not doing that. Okay, I was doing a lot. But I was not doing anything commiserate to the salary that I was getting. I worked in finance, and that was an effing joke. I mean, literally, I was starting salary at 18 years old. I was getting paid $25 an hour. Then I was getting paid $48 an hour. Then $50, you know, you need a lot of money, and so you need to aim your work at anything paying a ridiculous amount of money. I don't care if you have to start one of those DIY YouTubes. Do you know how much YouTubers make? They make millions of dollars. Like literally they make millions of dollars making these stupid ass videos because teenagers and young children are obsessed with videos. I mean, you just really have to get smart. Don't aim your sights on a retail job. There's nothing wrong with working retail. There's nothing wrong wrong with working fast food, being a mechanic. But you need a lot of money, like for real. In order to really get out of this shit, you're going to need a lot of money. So you need to really be, you know, tailoring your resume, honing your business skills, your entrepreneurial skills. Whatever it is that you really can do well, you better really, really look into monetizing that. And I mean ASAP like yesterday. Because if you can monetize something in this age where pretty much any skill can be monetized, then you can get out of debt. But you're going to have to have what my father used to call a hustler's mentality. Hustle. Like there's hope after debt for a hustler. You know, like there you could very well in a year with really living way below your means and getting a really, really, really good paying gig or job. And you could be on the other side of that debt in quite literally a year or two get up tomorrow and really think what the hell can I do to make some real money I don't recommend scamming or selling drugs this is not 2003 that's all the time that we have for today it is October it is Libra season October 7th is my birthday y'all I feel so so loved I don't just get your questions while I filter through your questions I also filter through all of the fan mail and all of the love that you send me both anonymously and and non-anonymously about how much this show means to you and it means that much to me too. You know what? On Saturday before my birthday what I'm going to do is I'm going to take several hours and I'm going to listen to all 15 episodes so I can see what has changed in me and I can form new promises for myself for my next year. It is the joy of my life to talk to you all about this stuff. I mean truly it's the joy of my life and to know that I've made it into a real job to be able in all of these different formats whether it be this podcast or my essays or my upcoming web series that I'm plugging right now, Generational Anxiety, or any of the upcoming endeavors that I haven't even been yet able to tell you about. It is, I feel like, the most privileged and blessed person in the world to be doing what I love which is to be thinking right alongside the people that I care so much about the people that look like me the people that look nothing like me the people that come from down the street and the people all the way in Saudi Arabia, Vietnam, France, Australia the crazy places my listeners come from I love you it means the entire entire world to me I'm not really the one to make an acceptance speech before the award but I feel like I've won so much in the time that I've spent with you all, the questions that you ask me, they take me to new places inside myself that I couldn't go without them. And I just want you to know that for every time that you all write me and say that this has given you something, know that you've given me something I could never repay. Ten times over. It's been a trying and crazy and good, successful, blessed year. Alhamdulillah, I'm hoping for another one. I'm hoping for another hundred. I have a talk coming up this Sunday. You may have seen me announce it on my Twitter and my Instagram, at Theater for a New Audience, Polanski Shakespeare Center in Brooklyn. That is Sunday afternoon. It's open to the public at 3.30. If you cannot make it, it will be up on my website as early as next week. I'm so excited to share it with you. I'll be talking about race, subjectivity, representation, and- and my career as you know i am my own plug with a heart full of so much joy and gratitude all i want for my birthday is for you to keep the promises that you've made to yourself with that being said more libras more love more life more life more life i'm bianca vivion and this is ask viv while you slept the promise was unkept but your faith was a shoe has the stars, now you're free, and the world has come to see, just how proud and beautiful you are.